Hey everyone, it's Melly here. Welcome back to the Just Begin Podcast. You're here. Thank you so much for tuning in again. So I have some news I want to get through before we get into this conversation. Um, Our July edition is finally out. You can read it now on our website. And you will notice that we just started um, a subscription. So now you can subscribe to the magazine for a full year. So that gives you access to every issue that comes out for the next 12 months. So you'll have access to every issue. And on top of that, you will be donating to a different cause every month. A dollar of every every issue for every month, a dollar will go towards a different cause. So for our July edition, we actually will be donating a dollar of every issue sold to the Neighbors for Neighbors Surfside Victims Fund. So as many of you know, the tragedy that happened in Miami this month has been, you know, just earth shattering for so many families, the community, and we immediately knew that we had to give back in some way. So a dollar of every issue will be going towards the Surfside Victims Fund from Neighbors for Neighbors. And um, yeah, so we have that subscription available now for you guys. And um, I'm really excited for what's to come for Just Begin. And so let me introduce you now to who we're featuring in this podcast. So I had the pleasure of chatting with the girls who do interiors. Um, They are a local business here in Miami. They are four Latinas who founded the Girls Who Do Interiors while during the pandemic and grad school. Um, They're so fun and and had a lot of knowledge in their industry. So if you're interested in interior design or honestly just interested in hearing about a story of, you know, women starting a business, um, this is a podcast for you. So let's get into it. Um, I love your branding. I watched, I stalked your YouTube videos right now. So uh, I'm very informed on the girls who do it. Awesome. Oh my God. Well, thank oh. you so much for finding us and yes. giving us this opportunity. I feel like when you followed us, I was like, oh, just begin. That's like, that's like what we do. This is what we, yeah. we stand for. And then we also did our stocking and we we're yeah. so obsessed with branding like everything <laughs> website is beautiful thank you so much I, I, I your website is gorgeous I, I was looking thank through you. and I was like I love everything that you guys do your branding is so major it's like amazing but um again like the podcast now thank you I appreciate that <laughs> I, I did the website so I'm proud it took me like it oh, I yeah. have been changing that web I, I'm sure you guys know been changing that <laughs> website now like Every month, it's like almost something different, like constantly. It's always growing as you learn more. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm going to keep this conversation pretty casual. I'm going to record an intro, a solo intro, so we can just kind of get into it right now. So um, my first question is, how did you guys come up with the name? I know it's like very straight to the point, but I think it's so cute and witty and I would just love to know kind of how the idea started and how you came to the name. Do one of you girls want to do this one? Yeah, sure. I'll start. 
So we came up with the name because we, we all go to school together and we're all in um, a FIU interior architecture program. And we just started partnering up as like a group of friends for projects and stuff. And everyone just slowly started referring to us as the girls. So that. that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like a nickname that we got from, from school. And then we mm-hmm. started like thinking of the idea of working together and so, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was the girls who do interiors. <laughs> Super cute. So are you guys still in school right now? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. what was, I guess, I mean, I can only imagine. I didn't start just begin while I was in school, but what has been kind of the most challenging and rewarding part at the same time of starting your business already <laughs> while you're in school? Because not yeah. a lot of people do that. No, so no it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you mention that because as soon as we launched Girls Who Do Interiors, like the world went on shutdown and, you know, we had the pandemic and, you know, COVID broke out. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise, like trying to, you know, just get our business together up and running. But it was also a great opportunity because we were able to do so in like the comfort of our own home yeah even though initially we wanted to start off in studio you know and introduce that student lifestyle but it like it was kind of like a blessing in disguise yeah, 100%. like able to work mm-hmm. from home yeah I mean, yeah we were we, still in classes during that that time so time management was still hard yeah. but but at least sure. we were home mm-hmm. multitask mm-hmm. on company exactly. and work. if if you can speak to your past selves when you were starting girls who do interiors what would you tell them right now oh my gosh I (laughs) would tell her to hold on tight yeah we did not (laughs) expect this to grow so quickly yeah that this (laughs) poster is gonna come at you like you didn't expect it I would 100% tell her to hold on tight but it's gonna be so worth it more business research we we initially Mm -hmm. started thinking it was gonna be more of like an influencer lifestyle with with a little bit of like what it takes to be a design student mm-hmm. and, and that quickly became clients approaching us and we kind of had to just on the spot start doing research on how you take clients how you take money like all these things mm-hmm. that we, yeah we completely think you about just began so. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly we just, we just went and for it and it's funny because it was only a year ago well a little bit over a year ago that we started and we always tell each other like we've grown so much yeah, I, mean, I didn't even know who I was then. yeah I have <laughs> no idea who I was so I feel like I'm like this wise older woman just talking <laughs> yeah. to just my my younger self yeah. that was just a year sure. ago yeah. but I would Not 100% tell her to just you know it's gonna be tough it's gonna be a tough ride but definitely like it's gonna be so worth it mm-hmm. and it's just hold on tight that's all I I totally understand we actually began um just begin over the pandemic as well we just hit one year last this month it's still June congratulations thank you so it's been one year since we um started so when I saw your brand I instantly related to you guys because I was after I was watching the videos, I was like, oh I also I was going through the same things obviously in completely different fields yeah but um I totally understand what you're going through and starting a new business. Yeah. The whole, um, the hardest part for people is to just start really. And I I really kudos to you guys for while you're in school and you're created this whole community and a brand a business. So really congratulations. 
So one of the questions I have written out here are, so Girls Who Do Interiors gives the field a community. How do you hope to achieve that? Is it more of a professional community for professional development or a sisterhood with interest in um, interior design? I think I think definitely more toward it's geared more towards a sisterhood Mm -hmm. um, just because we like Mm -hmm. to have a community of like minded creators, maybe not just interior designers, but students, too, that are thinking of starting their own business and anything creative. Um, Even architecture students are in our same program who Mm -hmm. are male, who are female, just a community of people who are young and yeah. who are interested in that entrepreneurship side, who are mm-hmm. probably looking for some guidance, sort of like how we were a year ago. We were the ones <laughs> looking That's for That's why guidance. we even started this in the first yeah, place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We felt like there was nowhere out there to look that, that would show us how, mm-hmm. how difficult it was to start your own creative business, not just interior design, but any kind yeah. of creative business. Yeah. So I feel like that's so we just kind of wanted, yeah. So we could exactly. almost we created kind of a community a that we wanted. Exactly. Yeah. We wanted to inspire other people to be more inviting within mm-hmm. the, our creative community because a lot of times rather it can be kind of competitive. So yeah. rather than competing, we just wanted to create a community where we can work together and support each other, mm-hmm. share ideas, thoughts, exactly. tips. Yeah. And like the number one thing I feel like and maybe the girls could relate is like collaboration and being being able to collaborate with others who are mm-hmm. you know the same as us rather than you know as Danny mentioned competing with them I think it's just like you know it's just like empowering and like being there for one another is super it's important. super important especially as women in business 100 mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree that's kind of our goal as well as constantly collaborating and highlighting the voices of people like you, like you all, creators that just just began and started a business and are constantly like, I love the idea of a whole girl group. And I know like there's always this stereotype, like women can't work together, which is far from the truth. (laughs) I have an all women team and we are, I couldn't ask for anything else because we all work so well together. Obviously I'm not a man hater. (laughs) But um, (laughs) let me make that clear. um, I do think it's really empowering, like to showcase that women work together. And it's not this whole fight that we're constantly like emotional or fighting. Yeah, yeah. It's such an annoying stereotype. But that's that's what it is, of course. So I guess my one of my other questions that I have here is what did you what did you guys see was missing in the interior design industry that you guys offer? So I can speak for when we first started. I just, as students, we weren't really exposed yet to like the actual professional interior design industry. We kind of just knew about the, the culture side. within school. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that we were just, we felt like we were missing the personality part of designers like we we knew designers and we knew we followed a lot of designers as inspiration but we were kind of missing like that rawness of what it takes to actually you know create these projects and we know on this side that we're not (laughs) sleeping (laughs) that you know we're crying we're like cutting ourselves um building models and stuff so where is that side in these like professional interior designers that we don't get to see so that's something that we felt that was missing that we 100% wanted to prioritize 
-hmm. on our end is to show mm -hmm. the rawness of what it takes to be an interior designer as a business. Perfect um, everything to be. Exactly. Yeah. Mostly see, yeah. You mostly see all of these established professionals and the firms that they have or, or their creative studios. And you just see uh, they like have YouTube channels and stuff showcasing what their day-to-day -day life is as a designer, but no one really showcases what it takes, how to get there or explains any, any kind of process. And it is a long road. So it's kind yeah. of something that we wanted to embrace and, and show to other people. Yeah. yeah. And as students, and it looks, you know, oh. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. It's happened no, it's often. <laughs> I, I completely understand. I totally get it. Um, but even in our program, you know, like we felt as if our professors were constantly pushing us like, you know, once we graduate, we're going to work for someone else or like become drafters mm -hmm. and not basically start our own thing. And we, we felt as if that was missing, like not really like having that sort of guidance or like that motivation to, you know, to push yourself to start your own thing. And so we just kind of felt like, you know, like we could just do that ourselves. We don't have to work for anyone. You know, we could work together and start something together that could grow and prosper. And so I definitely feel like that was something that was 100%. missing. 100%. Mm -hmm. Probably in like the, um, the school environment for sure. Yeah. Touching up on what Gabby said, with school, they pretty much write out your future for you. You get a whole track sheet for five years because we're in a five years master's program with all of your classes. And then in bold, they have internship. So basically, they already know that you're going to have to do an internship. And that's pretty much what they're planning for you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like all of us saw that at different points in our lives and was like, that's not for me. That's not what I want to do. Like, why do I have to do this internship? What if I just take that year off or take that summer off and build my own brand and right. learn For my sure. own things? So I think that's also what was missing is just that motivation that you don't always have to go the same route that everybody's going in. Mm -hmm. I think that is super important what you just said, because a lot of people feel trapped in, within that mold that yeah. even the, mm -hmm. the school, it's obviously coming from a good point of yeah, view exactly. but they don't realize that actually not everyone has to do the same thing and like you said um, maybe take that year to build your brand right now it's so important to everyone to have a personal brand having yeah. your branding because it's like that's just the way business is going and I mm -hmm. feel as if schools need to get on board with that already exactly. and kind of acknowledge yeah. that. And I think what you guys are doing is super important in bringing that awareness to your community in that industry. Because for me, I, I don't know much about interior design. I really don't know what it takes. And I know there's a ton of people on Instagram that like, I, I'm my aesthetics and they like are not really yeah. an interior designer. <laughs> I'm like, this is my house. And like, here's my Amazon links. But and I'd be like, Do you know, like that's the way it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it these is YouTubers 100%. who are not interior designers. So I also think that's something that if you can touch on it a bit, is that kind of a challenging thing that you face as so many people think they're interior designers just because they have an aesthetic and know what they're so doing. So we actually often use the hashtag um interior designers, not decorators. Oh, and that's, that's because, great. Yeah, yeah. Designers not decorators because anybody can really be a decorator. You don't need a license. You don't need to go to school. And I feel like a lot of these YouTube 
people that you're talking about are mm-hmm. more on that side where they might have good taste and good taste comes naturally. You yeah, know, good eye, yeah. that from them. But there is a lot that we learn in school about technical things, about safety, about making a space not just beautiful, but functional mm-hmm. that you might, you I mean, not might, you won't know unless you study it and, and you know, you go to these programs. So yeah, it's, and it's, it's tricky like, trying to, trying to differentiate yourself. And it's also often very confused with in the term decorating and interior design are kind of to the common kind of mashed together. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. you know, to most people just think it's the same thing. So that's why people just call themselves interior designers because you know they are mm-hmm. basic using decor and furniture pieces for an interiors, but there's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot of layers in mm-hmm. in interiors. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's definitely like a psychology that goes behind design as well, because it is it is an art, but it's also more of like a science because you're basically learning how to make people feel good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Most of the time you're occupying a space and you could never tell what that space is doing to you because you're not really aware of like your surroundings until you're actually in it. So mm-hmm. That's That's actually one of the reasons I got into interior design. I was between, initially I was between architecture and psychology for my two Mm -hmm. majors. And I went to an orientation and they explained to us how the space that you're in impacts your mood, impacts everything about you. You don't even notice. So they could teach us how to impact that for the better. And that that got me right there. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like PSA to everyone, like stop saying interior design if you're just decorating. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> important to know. Yeah. I wanted to ask you all that question because I, as just an outsider viewing in, I, I can see kind of the struggles you would face of like, it's kind of annoying, but you appreciate it, like you said. So um, I guess now something out, because what you're talking about the psychology of um, your like design and your house, what are some if you could just kind of elaborate on that more for someone like me who doesn't fully understand that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for instance, if let's say a lot of people are working from home now, mm-hmm. if they have like a desk set up in their in their home, like a certain space where they want to work out, if you have a desk facing a wall, for instance, rather than a window, that could completely alter your mood. Um it's just like they recommend, you know, facing scenic views or having like sunlight hitting you while you're working and not being completely in the dark because that could completely like throw off your mood and you wouldn't For even sure. realize. And there's research to, to back all this up. We've mm-hmm. taken classes to show the psychology of, for example, maybe you don't have the best view, but you have some plants or you bring in what they call biophilia, which mm. is bringing in greenery into your space. And that helps, you know, supplement views. There's just general lighting, like different colors of lighting have different effects on people, circulation. Like there's all these things that there's psychological tests that have been done on how they impact people. And if you wouldn't study it, you wouldn't necessarily. Even even sound therapy. Um, I remember a few years ago, we visited a workplace environment. And I would always remember this. I don't, I was yeah. with one of yes, you I girls. Yes, I know exactly probably. what day it was. <laughs> and we were doing a field trip inside the workplace environment. And the, the the team leader was like, do you guys hear that noise? And I'm here thinking it's just the AC. And he turned mm-hmm. it off. And he's like, that's white noise. And we play mm-hmm. that all day throughout the workday so that the our employees can focus. And they can't hear because it was a huge space and there weren't a lot of walls. 
you can't hear everything that's going on in different rooms or you can't yeah. hear phone calls and they've done research before on how you know that sound therapy really helps in productivity so that's another way that you can see it in a bigger scale not just in mm -hmm. residential in like commercial spaces in hotels in spas where they play you know nice ambient music um, they do that not just because they want to relax you, but because they want to like soundproof any other noise that's in the background mm -hmm. that can sort of ruin your experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and that's... Not, not only that, but also in materiality. So in commercial and hospitality, certain types of materials have to meet a certain code requirement. So that's also where an interior designer would play a really important role, making sure that the safety of everyone occupying the space is... Mm -hmm. Meeting, uh, meeting all the codes yeah, yeah. Mm. so that's super important and, and I feel like what we were just saying earlier that not everyone knows these facts and I think it's no. you know very important <laughs> I'm, I'm learning stuff as well so if you could give let's say like just three tips for someone having an optimal workspace what would you give let's see <laughs> okay I'm going to take notes. <laughs> I have my, I have my desk by a window. So I do have that. Okay, yeah. I would say that's number one. I would say that's number one for sure. Having a view, even if it's any kind of sunlight hitting you makes you feel better throughout the time. As long as you have a uh, window treatment so that you can have some visual clarity. Yeah. I was, that was my next thing. Even though you need to be by a window, you should probably take a look at glare and depend like, you want to look at the window, but you might not want to be against it because the mm. glare on your screen might hurt your eyes and make you strain your vision more. Mm -hmm. And that'll have an impact on you. Mm -hmm. I think um, also what Jen touched up on earlier is biophilia. Yeah, that's my, um, that's her, that's her thing. She's <laughs> yeah. a plant queen. And actually, um, she's like the perfect example. She actually yeah. moved her desk not too long ago. She was a little bit to her left facing, <laughs> okay. facing the wall having shelves and like plants and for a mm -hmm. long time that's how she was working and you know she was coming at us saying I'm not being productive I'm not very happy with my workspace and we were all like just shifted to the right you have a window right there and I mean I, she can tell made, you that she's much happier all, like it really has made all the difference I've been mm -hmm. here probably for like two months just seriously it's literally you can four see feet, her, four feet to my right there. yeah you see how there's like shelves back here yeah. so I was sitting there and that is like the darkest point of my house because of the window and I shifted myself four feet to the right and I can sit here all day until the sun goes down and not notice as opposed yeah. to before where I felt really really down and didn't feel like working you know mm -hmm. so it makes it another good tip is definitely like color being aware of colors that are around you obviously you don't want something that's too dark because then it'll just darken up the space and alter your mood so you definitely want to aim for like bright colors you know neutrals are really good yeah. um i really love the fact that you love yellow <laughs> it's my favorite color mind. in the world yeah and i literally love that i love yellow. <laughs> one of Danny's so, favorite yeah. colors yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's one of mine yellow as like a happy color it's definitely a good like mood change so mm -hmm. just like bright colors is yeah a good and tip. like looking into color therapies uh too like what color what colors mean what like for example red is usually more on the negative side um so having like facing like a bright red wall might 
might look nice to you because that's your favorite color, but mm -hmm. you might notice that you're not as productive or you're not feeling as motivated because you literally have a bright, you're staring at a red wall at all times. Mm -hmm. So even stuff like that, that people might not realize doing research on colors that you're looking at, like what Gabby said, yellow right. is actually one of the happiest colors. So oh. you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but the yeah, last thing I would say, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> the last thing I would say that makes a big difference is having a chair with ergonomics, <laughs> uh, something sure. that's comfortable for your back, especially if you work from home or you're sitting at a desk all day. It really does make a difference. This actually isn't my chair. I stole it and <laughs> well, I'm borrowing it because my chair was so uncomfortable and I was having back problems yeah. for so long. And now I can actually sit at my desk and like feel at peace. Yeah, that's <laughs> I totally like understand. Beauty over comfort. Like everybody wants to make their space so pretty, but there's a level where you need to consider comfort. Maybe you can make the desk set up beautiful, but you want to find comfort within that because you don't want to be uncomfortable. I went through that problem. I, I have, you see that, that little clear chair that's over there? That chair was over here at this desk and I was like, oh my God, so cute. Like yeah. aesthetics. <laughs> Me too. Like, that was the most uncomfortable chair in the world. I literally, I don't even like it there. I just have them there. They're going to, I mean, I want to sell them, but they're behind me. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because I just, we got like a like a, a good chair now and I'm like I feel so much better 100%. and it was just it was annoying me so much and just like you said all these little things desk. yeah they they factor into your mood and mm -hmm. your productivity and everything so it's it's all so important and kind of circling back onto the color theory that you're mentioning so I was watching um your rebranding video and I, I believe it was you, Gabby. I think you were the one talking about it, Gabriella. And you were saying um, that you that you were doing a ton of research on color theory or Gabby's how color affects your brand. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so if you can kind of maybe touch on a little bit, we did a bit, but how color affects your, um, when it comes to branding, like the color theory when it comes to branding. Yeah, of course. No, um, like I mentioned, I. I do like to do a lot of research of just like little things, but like with colors, I, I like, we all of us sat down. I'm like, okay, like let's go through the colors and figure out like what means what, like what, what will make other people, like what colors will make other people feel a certain way. And it's like, it's like, as you start going through all of them and understanding what each of them could make someone feel, it's just like an eye opener because you never re really realize these certain things. And like, even as, you know, Ye mentioned red could be, you know, super negative, but even like where it's not like to a point where like the entire color is negative alone. Like you could use it in a very positive way, but mm -hmm. the way you use it or like how many times you use it or like compared color. to other colors, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes a huge difference. And you just have to find like the right balance like just understanding like what kind of feelings you're trying to give your audience when you're introducing your brand or just like your company to them overall you know yeah. what I mean so for sure so now kind of moving in a different direction now since I want to kind of touch on how you all work together any strategies any tips that you can give people when it comes to working with a group because I think that's super valuable for people to learn we um, we speak to a lot of people who are solopreneurs or, you know, they work by themselves. But when it Which comes to, to them, yeah, yeah. it's that for real. 
I totally feel for them. (laughs) But when it comes to working with a team, there are challenges and you both, everyone has to, you know, come to the table. That's probably not the right term I'm trying to say, but, you know, has to meet everyone halfway and, you know, you're all accountable for things. So my question is for anyone who, let's say, is about to build their team, what are some tips you can give them? I would 100% tell them that I mean I'm coming from my perspective is to get to know the people that you're sourcing from on a personal level maybe not too personal but see how you guys deal with each other on not like work to work basis Mm -hmm. and see maybe go through like stressful situations together like give yourself some time before jumping in with this person and Mm -hmm. see how that person reacts to something that's not work related like if something negative happens happens is this person cool calm and collected or do you see some red flags where this person you know doesn't stop doesn't uh uh, answer their messages anymore just goes you know MIA Mm -hmm. or is super irrational so those are a lot of things that you can notice some red flags before jumping into business with somebody because it is a very big um commitment getting married so yeah yeah you're getting married it's more serious than getting married yeah I totally agree with you I literally have said that before I'm like this is the most serious relationship I'm in yeah you're gonna fight but you need to be able to know that you're gonna be able to get through it with these people because exactly can't just say quit your business halfway through because they're not the person yeah Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying I'm not saying to like be best friends with this person but definitely take some time before jumping into business, especially with somebody that you're meeting new that maybe, you know, you met at a networking event and you're, you're connected with, you know, go to a few coffee meetings, you know, have some like uh, dinners together, maybe have like a dinner with other people that you've met within the same industry and just, you know, feel them out, feel them out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Another test, a hundred percent. Another thing that we recently started doing whenever we come close to a conflict is that we started thinking of our business as an entity and she's her own person so we respect her and in the end of the day we're all we all value her and we're going to do anything for her and we have to settle our disagreements or whatever it may be in order to protect her yeah exactly I feel like that that has really helped us a lot as a company Mm -hmm. but 100% like from our perspective we were already friends before and as friends would be like, you would get into little fights, you would bicker Mm -hmm. back and forth, you know, or on the opposite, you know, you would celebrate a lot. And you can go through those experiences, feel them out. And then, you know, it could be the chance that you could work with this person for the rest of your life, literally like a marriage. So Mm -hmm. I think we had that great opportunity to be friends before we started a business. And I feel like that's helped us a lot. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people always ask us like, how are you doing it? You're four women. (laughs) You're probably yeah. always emotional, but like, yeah, so what? Like, we're emotional, but who cares? Like, we're, you know, the way that we <laughs> see ourselves are sisters. Yeah. yeah. And seeing, like, GWDI is our entity, and we want her to, like, we want to get the work done for her first, and then whatever is going on between us can come afterwards. Mm-hmm. I would also say, say, oh, go ahead, Gabby. <laughs> Sorry. No, communication is key definitely yeah. just open with one another but on a respectful manner and like just if it's relating to the business just like talking about things that relate to the business and setting aside 
kind of like your business partnership with your friendship and knowing that there is like a separation there and mm-hmm. that you're able to pull things, you know, out and work through them and whatnot. So communication, I would say one of the first things we did was the operating agreement. And that is super, super important, not just to like get everything down on paper, but to make sure that everybody that's going into the business has the same mindset and they have the same page. Yeah, they're on the same page because you want to make sure that somebody's not going in thinking this is going to be a completely different company than what you have in your mind because you never spoke about it. So having everything written down, how to exit if you want to leave the company, how much percentage, what everybody's responsible for, could just be a Word document. It doesn't have to be anything that you like pay for right away with a lawyer, but just typing that out together and having discussions while you're typing it out is really important. Yeah, and I think um, at that point, that was probably a point in our lives that we were all kind of feeling ourselves out for this business because yeah. nothing was for sure. Yeah, and they're awkward conversations it. to have. Yeah, wrong, difficult the most to important them. to have though, those yeah. awkward conversations. <laughs> it really is because when you're, for anyone who's listening who is in the process of starting a business or already has a business and they're about to um, build a team, those awkward conversations are what the most important conversations to have. And I feel both parties who are in the conversation are mm-hmm. grateful for it. It's something you have to get through and it's only to protect each other. So it's nothing out of hatred. I I totally agree. Like these awkward conversations are key. And so so as you guys are a group of four women, do you guys give yourself specific roles? What are some ways that your workflow is? Yeah. Yeah. So from the so I'm in a I work at a accounting firm so I do bookkeeping so right off the bat we were talking about okay who's going to be doing the financials who's going to be sending out invoices who's going to do communication so we all sort of started brainstorming on like what our past experiences mm-hmm. um so for example since I was doing bookkeeping I was like I'll take care of financials and then we went to Jen who Um, has experience working for a flooring company and she was the one setting invoices and proposals so she went ahead and was like okay I'll do this same thing with Daniela and Gabby like they had um, assistantship um, experience in other companies so they were like okay I'll do communications I'll do this I'm really good at that and we've kind of found like a balance in how um, we could all work in like that but definitely in the beginning we had created these roles for us but it was really important for us to learn each other's roles mm-hmm. so that it's not just like I'm the only Someone's one doing missing, financials someone exactly. can can fill in so at yeah. the beginning we've just recently tried to fall into our roles more strictly okay. but at the beginning even though we had these roles assigned we tried to all work together to make sure that everybody knew the role even though everybody might not be doing it long term and then now that we feel more established, we've just split up and, you know, Gabby's communication. So she handles the phone calls. I'm proposal. So I'll handle like, you know, we're, we're just doing what we're assigned and that's streamlining things a little bit more because we're getting more and more clients. Mm-hmm. So that's to make everything go smoothly. Yeah. I think it's very important to kind of give those roles to each other because I've found in myself, like with my team, it's, it's really helpful to know what is expected of you. Whereas me, I, whereas you guys, you are all the founders. So it's kind of a little different. Whereas for me, yeah. I can be doing, I could be writing a story. I could be editing. Like it's all on me more than like 
an intern. I'm not going to expect her to, you know, hey, you need to update the website or something, you know? So I totally think it's, again, that it's very important for these roles to be um, specified and it only helps everyone in, everyone in, in, in the group. So um, I guess when it comes to workflow and productivity, what are some tips? I feel like you guys are so organized. I'm just going to say that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I'm looking at your stuff and I'm like, are. these girls are so organized. I like you, you all seem like Taipei. I don't know what it is, uh, what signs you are. If there's a bunch of Virgos in this group. But I'm like, this is no, like so one. specific. Oh, really? That's hilarious. Um, I was like, they're so organized. So my question is, what are some tips that you can give um, anyone who's listening for productivity when it comes to, you know, starting a business? Yeah, I would say the first thing is the Google Calendar is what has really changed our life, like actually using it and keeping it up to date, not just with events, but also with tasks that we have to do. So we've made a section for client work. And even if we need to separate out 30 minutes, do something for a client that goes in the calendar. And that's, you know, you get reminders on your phone. So everybody knows what they need to be doing at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also been using, we use Slack a lot. That's from from the beginning, we've been using Slack and that helps you keep track of everything per project or per social media. Like you can have one for Instagram, one for the website, things like that. And that helps you keep your conversations organized. You're not scrolling through like your iPhone messages for an hour to find something that was sent just Mm -hmm. yesterday. I think Slack's important to, to separate your work yes, from your exactly. personal because personal. So you would be texting each other all the right, time right. and you'd be so that's what we always say if there's a messages coming in on the iphone like regular iphone messages all day long and you don't want to look at them because you're doing something else that's fine but if something comes in on slack you know that you've got to take a yeah. look that's something business related exactly yeah we have that, a that we have us. a handful of apps that really really help us and guide us to the organized little entity that we are today um one of them honeybook is our holy grail that's actually the first app that we invested in when we started about a year ago okay. um when we first started getting clients we were like okay okay we have our first client but like where how are we emailing where, where are we, we putting these them? pictures how do, their money? <laughs> how do we take their money like how does this work on <laughs> actually work the idea yeah. sounds nice but when you have mm-hmm. somebody coming at you saying like hey i'm ready to pay you like okay hold on yeah. please hold <laughs> so we found honeybook and that is a client management software okay. so it handles all of our emails we can create all of our clients there all of our project timelines there and then from there, you can also collect payments. You can have questionnaires created there, contracts, everything you can basically need. Wow, yeah. Like right. a hub for everything about the That's project. That's awesome. And yeah, then, I've never heard of HoneyBook because I, for what we do, we don't necessarily need that. Right. But for yeah. anyone who's listening, sort of you know, check out HoneyBook. very yeah. much based for creatives. So for, you know, event planners, for interior designers. For people who are in the creative, they have a lot of templates and it's set up very much to help. Yeah, to help. I think I you think wedding customize. planners are usually mm-hmm. the ones who use First, HoneyBook yeah. the most, wedding planners. But it's worked mm-hmm. very great for us. So. Yeah, and then almost a year later, we realized that, yes, we have this software for our clients, but we're missing that admin sort of us. organization for us. Um, like, who? how are we going to delegate tasks? Yeah, we have a long to do list. And what we were doing before is like, 
we had our each we had four notebooks. We have our notebooks, but <laughs> writing down different no things that we needed that. to do, but yeah. we weren't we we couldn't all see it all at the same time. So we were like, we need to find something that can help us stay on top of everything that we need to do, something that we can collaborate in together. And we actually found Milo Notes, which mm-hmm. has been like it has changed your that productivity like from it. like yeah. zero to a hundred. <laughs> like we can have a main page where we have our to-do list for all of us, for individually, for all of us. We have a page where we have all of our meeting notes. And then we have um, sort of, we have specific boards for each of our clients where Mm -hmm. in there, we sort of, that's where we can do our mood boards, our brainstorming, and all of us can do it at the same time. So, and it's, it's live. So if I'm changing something, I'm adding a comment, Daniela can see it on her computer too. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, we use Asana. So I believe that's yeah. very similar it to yeah. it, but I think yours might have a little more uh, different details that we use that Asana mm-hmm. has. But um, I think that's super important, these tools. And I feel like a lot of people like gatekeep them, like they don't want to yeah. tell anyone. And I'm like, why? <laughs> no, <laughs> this is helping. It's just like public knowledge just help <laughs> these, you know, all these other people that want to start a business. Like these tools are so important. And Maybe there's someone out there who had no idea when it's like you said, like when you're beginning that business and you're like scrambling, like, I don't even know how to send an invoice. You know, I think it's super important for people like us in our positions to share. These are the tools that we use. It it doesn't mean like, oh, I'm less organized because I had to use something like, I feel like some people like to gatekeep that. It's so interesting to me. And but, I, really, I really think that's what we're, that's what we're here for. Like, we don't want to keep that information. <laughs> we want to help somebody like me who was mm-hmm. a year ago, had zero idea how to write a proper email. Like, I want to tell these people like, Hey, this is what we're using. Start using it now so that you can already avoid, you know, that whole process where you're, you know, you're not mm-hmm. writing a proper email or you're not, you have no idea how to write an invoice. Like, here is all the information that you need. Yeah. You can see that on our Instagram, on our stories. We try to post as much as we can about the programs, a new program that we found, or we try to inform people because it's it's hard to find new programs that actually work. It's like a lot of trial and error. So when you find mm-hmm. one that's good, why not share it with others? Yeah, yeah, I think that's super important. And there's also, I think what makes you all different is that you actually go out of your way to find these things. There's a lot of people that will just oh, I don't know the answer to this question. So I'm not going to look any further. I can't do it. You know, I think what you guys (laughs) are doing is, you know, you're setting, you're showing a setting a standard and showing people you can do it. And that kind of leads me to my next question is that I saw on your website, you did the hashtag um, girls who do everything. And I was like, this is the cutest hashtag. And I, I thought that was so cute. And so my question is, as, um, as business women and creatives, what are ways that you balance um, it all? Because it is overwhelming. It's a lot of work when you're starting something and it's your passion and you know what it could be and you're working on it every day. So if each one of you can go ahead and kind of share, like, what are some self-care tips and how you balance yourself okay yeah yeah Danny you want to start sure um so for me I mean we all have jobs on side and we have our business and we're grad students going into our last year so it's really yeah yeah so it's really hard to balance you know work and 
everything. <laughs> so we try to do like a lot of self-care days where we'll go to the beach and see the sunrise and we'll motivate each other to go to the gym or we just like take a night off and we just, you know, enjoy each other's company and we don't even mention anything about business and we just enjoy ourselves. Um, for me personally, I, I like to just like spend a lot of time alone and I reconnect and then the next day I feel fresh and like mm -hmm. ready to go again. So yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Gabby? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, as the girls mentioned, seeing girls who do interiors as an entity and as, because this is a job, we are treating it as, you know, you know, you wake up, we get ready and we go to work and we work with one another. But I think we're also all still mindful of the fact that um, we all enjoy like our own individual times. And so even with Google Cal, we'll like let each other know, you know, Gabby busy, Jenny busy, so that like we all know that, you know, we have this time off or we have to do something and like everyone's aware. No but questions asked too. That's a super healthy work relationship. I think yeah. that's super important. I feel like people like our age group that are now starting businesses and understand the importance of mental health and, mm -hmm. you know, feeling calm when you work and excited about what you do. I think that's super important. What you just said, Gabriella, yeah. you know, letting everyone know, Hey, don't reach me at this time. I'm yeah. busy. Yeah. And then that's right. something not to be ashamed of. A lot no, of people exactly. think they can have your time whenever you want. And that's yeah. not the case. Yeah. Especially clients. Yeah. But I definitely, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely think it's something that shouldn't be abused also because you did start something with like other people. And so you still want to show up for your team and do the things that you need to get done on your end and not really fall behind or like, you just always want to be working together, but still be mindful of like everyone's own personal lives and whatnot. So that's definitely, definitely something important to like, think about. And Jennifer? Um, it's hard for me um, because I'm, I'm kind of like a workaholic. <laughs> so I, what I try to tell myself is it's not permanent, right? So right now, especially, at the, I feel like it's slowly eased as we've gotten more streamlined. But at the beginning, it was, and also when we go back to school, I'm sure it'll go to this. We're in summer now. <laughs> but it's not sleeping nonstop. And I feel like if you acknowledge that it's because you're growing and you'll get to a point where you'll be stable it, it helps you a little it's bit that mindset to get switch. through those long nights yeah um but yes. I will say definitely for me I, I like to do most of my disconnecting at night and after a certain point I'll usually text the girls like hey I'm done for the night if you need anything from me call me because I'm not going to be looking at my messages and I just like to sit on my couch and play with my dogs and relax and not look at my phone or look at anything and I think that's what that's what keeps mm -hmm. me keeps me sane <laughs> I can really I'm a workaholic as well so I have it's, a, it's yeah. and it's important to acknowledge it and I think what you yes. say is letting everyone know hey uh, right now this time of night I'm I'm gonna go to bed I'm gonna watch I'm gonna relax veg out don't reach me unless you net if you really need to you'll always be there for your yeah, team of course. and I think that's super important what you said um and so you're the last one so um, I am on the same boat. I am a very, very um, psycho freak, psycho workaholic. Um, I'm actually still trying to figure out ways for me to disconnect because I almost never want to disconnect. And I feel like 
that's a good thing and a bad thing. Like mm -hmm. I love to work, especially for girls who do interiors. I mean, I forget school, forget my side job. Girls with Do Interiors is a way for me to be like, oh my God, I'm finally doing something that I like. I don't hate it. Like, it is true. Like, do what you love, love what you do. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, everybody disconnected and I'm here like, what can still, I do? She's still sending messages. I'm like, still sending morning. messages. And, okay, <laughs> I'm Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I never turn off. And like I said, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing just because I feel like I've always been surrounded by that energy. Like my mom is an entrepreneur. My sisters are both on entrepreneurs. So it's stuff that I've just been mm -hmm. related to. Like my mom was literally up until 1 a.m. working, but not because she needed to, just because she wanted to get ahead yeah. on her next day. So I've always been surrounded by that energy. So I don't really know anything other than that. I think just when I found Girls Who Do Interiors, I found that calling for like, okay, like now I have like something to do other than just like watch TV, wasting my brain, you know? Yeah. But I do find that reading is like my way of disconnecting. Reading, I 100% put my phone away. I set like an alarm. I'm like, okay, at least I'm going to at least get like 30 minutes of reading time. And that's my, that's my disconnect. Um, yeah. As well as um, I just started the gym. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yes. I was actually telling the girls the other, day, the other day that I also didn't know how to disconnect at the gym because we have different schedules. So while they were messaging on Slack, I had my Slack open while I was on the treadmill. Just reading all like, the messages. Reading all the whole, messages. The whole point is yeah, to disconnect. Yeah, the whole point was to disconnect. <laughs> but I couldn't. But I'm starting to get the hang of it of like, okay, gym time there's is three other people. Like, there's three other people out. that can take care of it. So yeah. I necessarily don't need to be there. And I can notice that difference when I do the, take the time off that when I do want to work extra, I have the energy for it. Mm -hmm. So I can, I can totally relate to what you are all saying. However, um, I, I understand when it's when right now, when you're starting something, you're so excited about it. It's so hard to yeah. like stop to being stop. excited <laughs> because, and you just think, oh, oh wait, I have this other idea or, oh, actually I have this post yeah. idea for social media. Like I have this whole, you know, that's, and I completely under relate to what you're going through. Cause when you're so excited about something, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like what you said, yeah. even if you're working so much, it's at least going towards something that you actually enjoy and you have, and you can see the progression of it growing. I think, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who, you know, are in jobs that they hate and that they have to, you know, stay up all night or work on that thing that they exactly. hate. Whereas us, at least I'm speaking, because what you said, mm -hmm. um, working on something that we're passionate about, excited to do so I think that's, that's, that's going to grow yourself too as opposed exactly. to working for exactly. someone where you're staying up until 1 a.m to have them grow while wow, you're yeah. exactly I like I just remember because I was watching the rebranding video <laughs> you guys did I'm like such a stalker now <laughs> actually <it's laughs> I love it I love um, it I love you guys <laughs> have this little um emblem that says not a nine to five which yeah. I thought was so cute and I and I thought that was like a really cute way of showing there are some people out there who are like, I, I don't know if I'm trying toxic positivity, you know, or like that hustle culture, but I yeah. think it's important to like differentiate. Okay. Maybe you're, if people see it's like, Oh, it's hustle culture. That's not the case. It's like, it's a passion. So exactly. I feel like a lot of people need to understand that 
when you are passionate about something, it's okay if you want to stay up super late, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if it's making yeah. you happy. Yeah, if it's making you happy, then it's not something negative. Yeah. yeah. I'll actually I'll actually touch up on that because I feel like a lot of people might not agree with me, but that hustle culture always tells you like quit your nine to five job yeah. and just start your own thing. And my That's advice worse. is do not quit your nine to five job. Make it work like for, for the life of me, I would never quit my nine to five job to take over GWDI because how am I going to pay for things, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that culture likes to push that message so hard that it sets like unrealistic. Um, for sure. Like um, expectations. Yeah. your business for is sure. not going to take off in one week. It's going to sure. take a long time. And I think at first it has to start more like a passion project where you're going to want to stay mm -hmm. up and that's how you fall in love with your business. And those exactly. nights that you're staying up until 4am and yeah. once it's set up and you feel secure enough, a hundred percent, then you can go ahead and quit your night. Yeah. But I do agree with, you might not want to, if you have bills to pay, you might not want to just yeah. jump yeah. into that's, that. That's why we started not a nine to five. It's like work around your nine to five job mm -hmm. or your nine to five schedule. Let's say you have school and a job work around that to work towards your goal like it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean that you need to quit everything that you're doing in in order to make this passion your nine to five and that goes back to the first question like that is the sisterhood that we've created for other creators like mm -hmm. um anybody that's just working towards a goal but knows that they don't have time like that's totally fine you can work on it at 3 a.m like if you are willing to do it doesn't matter the time mm -hmm. just you know work around it and it's it's not a nine to five. Is anything really a nine to five when you're an entrepreneur? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. And what you said, I still have my job apart from just begin. I feel like a lot of people, um, especially in like a millennial culture, even Gen Z, anyone our age, we expect like instant gratification. I have found myself doing that too. I'm like, why doesn't everyone love my brand? Like, why do I not have 10,000 followers already? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. so cute. Like, how can you not like it? But, and I think you have to, you know, understand that businesses take time and that it's okay. And you're not the only one who's don't think that you're behind just because you're not at that amount yeah, of followers exactly. yet. Or the amount I mean, of those people clients. started somewhere. Yeah. All it's, these people started somewhere. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So and I think, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And doing that kind of makes you like, not pay attention to what's happening presently like you're focusing too much on what you want to accomplish and what your goal is that you're not focusing that like you just got a client right now but you're focusing on getting five more clients a year from now like you know what I mean yeah just like followers on Instagram like you're focusing on how bad you want 10,000 followers but you just got 50 followers today like that's all those little moments that are happening presently are worth you know, celebrating. And it's not yeah. just all about the future goal. It's like, what, what are you doing right now? And what's happening to your company right now that's going to set you to that future goal? Yeah, so. totally. And I, and I feel what you guys have, have done so well is your brand. Because I feel a lot of people, what they lose touch on is their brand, and what you stand for. So as long as you have your branding, and what you stand for your story, your community, you're going to go places. And I know you girls are going to go places because your branding is gorgeous and you guys all have an amazing mindset and I'm so excited to see how far you are, will progress. And I feel as if 
this podcast a ton of people are going to learn from you and um you had a ton of key points to give and um i think it's what you're doing is awesome i love talking to women creators and women teams that are you know battling a stereotype and especially (laughs) as you know latina women and there's this whole stereotype of us and that we're annoying, we're loud, we're, you know, super, you know, aggressive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the case. <laughs> not, not all the time. But I agree. <laughs> I think, like, you know, we're in doing this, we're stopping that stereotype. And, um, you know, we're just, we all just want to help each other. And I'm so excited that I got the chance to talk to you all. I feel like this is a great podcast. We're about to hit an hour. So that's why I was like, Love let me it. kind yeah. of wrap it up. Because <laughs> um, I, I feel like I could talk to you guys all day. Yeah, but, yeah um, for sure. <laughs> um, so I guess kind of the last question here is I want, if you guys can just share how to connect with you all. And if you have, um, if you could speak on the community again and just let everyone know how to reach you. Yeah, so... Um, little plug our <laughs> Instagram mm-hmm. is girls who do interiors we have a YouTube channel that's um, also with that name we post every other Wednesday and it usually revolves around lifestyle vlogging sort of our day day-to-day lives on you know being a designer as well as a student um, we also do some tutorials mm-hmm. on there um, we also just recently started a TikTok everything is under the same name girls who do interiors um we also have a members club too yeah, I would yeah. say anyone the community. Yeah, yeah anyone that is uh, just interested in anything creative or just wants to form a community like we mentioned earlier um you can you can register to join in our members club through our link on our instagram which is yeah, also free. Free. It's yeah, just, it's free it, you have access to like to connect yeah, it's just basically a Facebook group. And then we also post like things on our close friends. So anyone on our members in our members club gets access to that. So and we really- might be selling merch soon. Yes. Awesome. Like freebies, <laughs> the scenes, like sneak peeks to our YouTube videos. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of like little goodies you can get by signing yeah. up. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for chatting with me today. Thank um, you. Thank you again, and I, I can't wait to connect more soon. And I'm so excited to yes. see you all grow. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Wow. you as well. You as well. So I'm just gonna stop the recording. I just have like a couple questions for you guys.